0: Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright Mark Antony Rossi. In this, our second year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host... Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to be Human. I'm your host, Mark Anthony Rossi, poet and playwright. Let's go on to the first episode of December. Always excited to be here. This will be episode 168, Writing During Political Imprisonment. Now, I got a few words about that before we start. Uh, the, the title, I'm not trying to mislead anybody, but there's going to be instances here as we go along writing, uh, well, talking about these folks that that, that wrote during this time not all of them, uh, per se, wrote while they were in prison, okay? So, I didn't want to change the title 20 different times, writing during political oppression, writing during blah, blah, blah. I mean, the imprisonment covers it all because in, in the end, they were in many ways imprisoned in their society or even in the ways they had to go about things because of the type of world they lived in. And in some cases... Uh, some of them, and, and I'll point it out, actually wrote it in prison. Others wrote it before prison and got in trouble for it. Or others wrote it after the prison experience. All right, so there'll be examples all around, and I'll point those out. But I just want to let you know that so I don't get an email saying, hey, I only have a couple people that actually wrote in prison. But I don't want to get too technical here. I think you'll understand what I'm saying. And uh, just give me the spirit of it all, because I'm not going too far from what the truth is on their situation. Believe me on that. All right. Now, a few other notes before we start, okay? I, I got a, a few quotes from a few other more important pieces, and, and, and we'll, we'll bring that about in the show, okay? I'm not going to quote everything, okay? I got people like Desaad. I'm not going to certainly quote uh, how he's torturing women with leather. That's just not interesting to, to read about on the show, <laughs> and, and he's only uh, brought into the show for a, a particular reason, Okay. Uh, in some instances, uh, some people are just not going to be uh, brought about at all. Uh, it's well known historically that Hitler wrote his entire book Mein Kampf while in prison. Uh, big deal. Uh, I'm not really going to be writing about stuff that promotes, uh, you know, hatred and <laughs> an extermination of people. So I can let you formally know now. Yes, Adolf Hitler wrote a book in prison. That's that. That's all we're going to talk about about him. Okay. And there will be a few others that we have some interesting uh, things to to mention about that that are not always the same as the title. We got a couple of uh, interesting exceptions. It still works out, believe it or not. It's just in a different way that you don't expect. Okay? All right. Now that we got all that baggage out of the way. All right. Uh, I am not going to go about in in some kind of historical um, uh, dated order like I did, like with the uh, uh, you know the um, the female gender one, where I did it literally from the ancient times to to the more recent ones. It's in this particular episode, it's not necessary to do that. So I'm gonna be jumping around. All right, so bear with me on that. It's not gonna be hard to figure out what time zone these people are writing in. Okay, or what time period. All right, all right. Now, I mentioned in the in the gender show, uh, ironically, that I couldn't bring it about like Esther because there's more historical writing and it's not really uh, writing per se in in, in the sense of, uh, you know, writing a letter or, or writing something creative, you know. But I will mention on this particular show that um, the Apostle Paul um, literally wrote four letters to the four different churches that were emerging for early Christianity while in, in jail from the Romans. And... Uh, you got to give uh, 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 Paul a lot of credit in the sense that he um, he probably survived like about two or three years more than he would have from the average person in, in the Roman times who were writing about things they didn't like and not being killed. Because Paul, unlike anybody else in, in that group of, of disciples, even though he came later you know, then disciples, but, but let's, put, let's put it this way, the group of um, important leaders in in that early uh, religion, he was the only one that came from wealth and the only one that came from where he was actually a Roman citizen. So the Romans had a hard time dealing with him because they had to give him due process, whether they liked it or not. Because as a Roman citizen, you just couldn't kill somebody. You actually had to give them rights and, you know, and, and hear them out and all that. So he used that to a, to a, a great effect to keep him out of, jail as much as in jail all right next and and this will be another another writer that wrote while in jail and that would be uh martin luther king jr who uh, many people don't realize changed his name uh to to martin when he was actually born michael uh, michael luther king right so he changed his name to martin i think he liked the ring of it all and of course i think he really admired uh martin luther king Ah, uh, the uh, excuse me, Martin Luther, the uh, the early Protestant theologian, who wrote uh, ninety nine theses and tacked them on the church door of the Catholic Church to show how he wanted to break away and all the reasons why. So I think he uh, I admired that. All right, so here we got uh, King. All right, an important an important activist for the civil rights movement in in the in the sixties. Okay, uh, he was also the president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. It was a civil rights organization. At the time, he got arrested because he was organizing a protest, and they had uh, outlawed organizing protests, so they arrested him just for that. Okay, um, he wrote the letter. I think you could tell in the letter that he's being reasonable and not angry, but there's no way that he could not be upset by the fact that he's had uh, he had eight white Alabama. Clergymen condemning him just for being out there doing, uh, you know, things against, you know, the the cruelty that w- that was perpetrated by uh, uh, by the white Southerners against a uh, uh, black citizens at that time. Uh, so he wrote, uh, uh, it's called "Letters from Birmingham." All right, so it's a, a real spirited defense of uh, of why he was out there doing this. So we'll do a little uh, selection of, of that reading of, of that of that letter. Remember, he actually wrote this while in jail. Actually, we who engage in nonviolent direct action are not the creators of tension. We merely bring to the surface the hidden tension that's already alive. We bring it out in the open where it can be seen and dealt with, like a boil that can never be cured so as long as it's covered up, but it must be open to all its ugliness to the natural medicines of air and light. Injustice must be exposed with all the tensions exposure creates to the light of human conscience, in the air of national opinion, before it can be cured. Um, it's a bit of a, a long letter, but um, that was really one of the, uh, I find the more poetic highlights of it. If you ever get a chance, uh, there is a gigantic collection. It's like oof, seven to 800 pages. It's one giant volume. It's called The Testament of Martin Luther King. It's a collection of all his writings, including the speech he gave to the Nobel Prize Committee, because he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Um... For a man that was pretty much a preacher and, and, and a protester, uh, he was heck of a writer. Uh, I'm, I'm sure part of it's necessary to you know to write sermons for for churches. but uh, ironically, as much as uh, King was a pastor, he didn't get to do a lot of church work because he was always out there organizing and doing some kind of protest. but he he did write a lot and uh, he was a very, very good writer. Uh, and is, of course, one of the real examples of someone writing something that, that's useful for the world while in prison. Okay? All right, next. Like I said, we're going to be jumping around. Now, here's an interesting one here. And I, I, I it's the most interesting in terms of being unique uh, of all the uh, the writings we're going to talk about, okay? All right, and that is... There we go... All right, here is Marco Polo, All right. uh, an Italian citizen. He traveled to China, learned a great deal about their culture and many things. He brought back two important things that really changed the world. The first thing he, he brought back is the method to make a, a noodle, which the uh, Chinese did. And it became the uh, the cultural uh, cuisine foundation of Italy because they created into a pasta and different shapes and different types of sauces and meats to go with it. So he brought that back, and we really changed Italy with that. And, of course, he brought back the nature of gunpowder, which later on in the town of Pistola, yeah, there's no coincidence on that word, uh, that's where the pistol was formed. Using uh, gunpowder, they created a gun. So... Marco Polo comes back from, I think, 14 years of travel of China, okay? And he's coming back to a country at war. Uh, many people don't realize that uh, Italy was unique in the sense that many of its cities were become had become city-states. They were their own countries, Venice and, and Florence and, you know, all, all these different places. They, they, they were actually their own countries and, in many cases, fighting against each other. So he gets back. From his travel, okay, and he finds out that Venice is at war with Genoa, and that's where he was from. Okay. Alright. So the Genoa took over the Venetian fleet and then he was taken prisoner. Alright, so he had he spent months in jail. So what he did was he recounted his journeys to his inmate, whose name was Riccello da Pasa. Oh, excuse me, da Pisa. Now don't forget Ironically, in Italy, uh, whenever you had a da and and a last name, that last name meant that was the town that you were born in. It usually meant, and and believe it or not, this word is not going to be profane in the sense of uh, what it normally would mean. But the word bastard uh, means uh, that you you didn't take your father's name because they were not married. So you'll find like... uh, Leonardo da Vinci, that means that uh, he didn't have his last name because his his father wasn't married to his mother. So that means it's Leonardo of the town of Vinci. Just like this fellow over here, it is Richello da Pisa. That's, remember, the town of Pisa? That's where the, the Tower of Pisa is, you know, the one that tilts over or tilts over. All right? So ironically, he took down all the notes from the dictation from Marco Polo and he wound up writing the book *Travels of Marco Polo*, even though it's all about Marco Polo's travels, and of course it's dictated, uh, you know, to him. He actually wrote the book, and he, he wrote it. I think he took notes while he was in jail, and then he wound up writing the book afterwards, and became a big seller. So I had that's a real ironic one. It's a lot more positive ones, too, because, you know, you're going to find a lot of the writing, a lot of things we're talking about, were things of a, of a political uh, nature to a certain extent, you know. So, um, although a Paul, I, I guess it could be. Well, see, that's the whole thing. Paul's not just religious nature, Paul, from, the you know, the, uh, the writing the epistles to the various churches. There there was some uh, more concrete historical stuff going on as well, even some stuff about the Romans. So there's a little bit of everything in there. All right. Um. A lot of people are not aware of that Civil Disobedience, written by uh, Henry David Doreau, Okay, He was actually penned. He actually wrote this Transcendentalist uh, uh, work Okay, after he was in, put in jail. He was only put in jail for one day, and his friends bailed him out. Uh, and the reason he was put in jail is because he refused to pay taxes because he didn't like the fact that the government was uh, going uh, at, at a war against Mexico. So he was against that sort of thing, and he put him in there for for a jail. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the things he mentions in his uh, piece, "Civil Disobedience," is under a government which imprisons any unjustly, the true place for a just man is also a prison. So he's famous for saying that, uh, but he didn't stay there long. And then later on, he wrote that. Okay. All right. Next, and this is a pretty ironic one. Oh, Henry. Uh, who was also uh, named uh, you know, as born as William Sidney Porter, he wrote all his stories while in jail. He was in jail for four years for embezzlement at a bank. It learned it later turned out, many years after he died, through another investigation, there's a good chance that it was just pinned on him because he was the new employee at that bank, and he was actually the bank manager that had embezzled the money. So there's a real good chance that he was actually innocent of all of this. All right. He wrote all of his stories there. He had an unusual uh, situation. And we, we covered this because I actually did a show on him. Um, a Thoughts About O. Henry Show. But uh, it's good to mention on the show anyway. Um, because he was a doctor. Okay, I think he was a dentist. Yeah, he was a dentist but still a doctor. Um, back then, what they did with the prison was they didn't have a doctor and they needed him to help dispense medicine and help people out so they wind up giving him at the uh, at the infirmary at the prison his own room so even though he was in jail he had his own room he was able to do his own writing and send his stuff out and of course that's how he uh, uh he worked his time off and how he uh had his own job at the at the prison so it's an unusual arrangement but that's what he did and he was able to make it uh, happen um many people believe he took his uh, uh name o henry uh, based on the name uh, of the jail and the fact that he was in Ohio Penitentiary, but no one really knows. But I think most likely uh, he didn't want anybody to know, um, yeah, that he was in jail and that he was writing those stories. Later on, he became a journalist. He wrote a few novels, but he stuck with O. Henry. All right, next, the uh, the famous uh, poet E. E. Cummings, he wrote a book, okay, while imprisoned for four months, called "The Enormous Room." It's like a, um, a novel, and it is mostly based on his early life. Um, he was an ambulance driver during World War I, and the French arrested him because they didn't like the fact that he wrote anti-French things about him. So they got mad at him and put him in jail. So he wrote a, 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 a an amusing, uh, they say, interesting novel uh, called The Enormous Room, and it's one of the first books that we learn a lot about his uh, inside of his early life, okay? All right. All right, now next. We got a lot of good Italians over here, by the way. That's always good to see. Okay. All right, Niccolò Machiavelli. All right. He went to jail for a number of years, mainly because once the power brokers that were in Italy at the time of Florence had left and the Medicis took over, they automatically deemed him as the enemy of the state. They didn't like him. Okay, so they uh, they, they accused him of conspiracy and they tortured and imprisoned him. After he was after he left and he, he got out of uh, Florence, he wrote the famous book, The Prince, which is about how to deal with politics. It's still used to this day. It's a, it's a timeless classic, okay? Uh, he actually wrote that, and um, even though he wrote it after his jail, I, I got to uh, assume that he mentally put together the notes about what he wanted to write. So, no doubt about it. it it's a famous piece of work, uh, Niccolò uh, Machiavelli. All right. Now, next a man that was born uh Donotion Alphonse François is he went by the name of Marquis de Sade. Uh Sade is now uh, pretty much the the loose term for sadism which is the uh, physical restraint and even the um uh the I guess the delivering of various uh, points of pain not to death or anything but while while engaging in the sexual act. So it's like Physical, uh, you know, horseplay, sometimes other straps, stuff like that, in, in in sex. Ironically, and maybe just because I'm, I'm talking about it in the 21st century, uh, both his books, The uh, 120 Days of Sodom and Justine, I mean, they pale in comparison to even the average rap song or anything that Madonna ever recorded. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's hard to find uh, pornography, but back then, that's what they thought. Uh, Marquis de Sade is one of the few writers... Okay, That was literally imprisoned a great deal of his life until he literally died in prison. So he literally wrote all these books and then got him out of the prison to be to be put out there. okay? He wrote a great amount of things, including plays even. Uh, he was mostly known for the erotic rogues that we talked about, okay? Um, he didn't like Christianity at all. He didn't like anything that would restrict uh, his ideas about sexuality. He was born, actually, uh, a French nobleman and a philosopher, and he actually has a book of philosophy called the Philosophy in the Bedroom, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> but um, uh, definitely an interesting character uh, in terms of uh, his work. Uh, I'm not reading anything of it because I don't think it's necessary. It's obviously not my kind of work, and uh, who's to say uh, what kind of super-duper influence it has on anything today other than... Apparently, there was many writers uh, years later that were influenced by a lot of his ideas and a lot of his works. Um, what I can say is this: censorship is never good. Okay, uh, I, I remember when I was living in Germany, and at, at one point they actually censored Mein Kampf. Oh, we don't want that out here, you know. So you only could buy it on the base, you know. And, and at one point they didn't want us to even sell the book on base, but. And I'm not saying there's anything redeeming uh, qualities of uh, either the, the Saad's work or Hitler's work. But the moment you censor something, that's when you make it into a mystique. You you turn it into a religion almost. You make people start following it because you're like, well, if they're keeping it from me, there must be something cool and important in it. No, it's crap. You could wipe your butt with it. And maybe that's why we should not censor anything because it makes no sense at all. You You make it more valuable than it really is. So i am always been against that, and that's why I bring him up here. I just don't bring up uh, Hitler's work in there because there's nothing redeeming to read about. And where it becomes the, the, the side, you know, there's nothing really that interesting I want to read about myself. All right, but that's the reason why he should never been done. It makes no sense putting a man in jail for like 25 years because he's writing about some weird sex with a girl. You know, I'm not, I'm not that much of a prude, and it's just wrong for them to have done so. Okay. All right. Next one here. All right. Uh, a playwright. Ironically, Vakov Havo went to jail for five years for writing plays. <laughs> Even though his most famous powerful um, essay, nonfiction, The Power of the Powerless, which lives on to this day, is really what should have gotten him in trouble. But because it was done on the ground secretly and spread to amongst other people, it wasn't a public piece like a play was. So they got him on the plays, not not, not on the uh, nonfiction piece, which it looks like he wrote before he went to jail. But again, like I said, that's going to happen with, with with this show. It's still important because of the works he did do. Uh, ironically, he's known for the 150 letters he wrote to his wife while he was in jail, which later got published uh, called Letters to Olga. But let's read something from The Power of the Powerless. It's one of the real, real powerful pieces of, of writing ever written. And it really has, a, a, I say, a, a ring of, of eternal truth to it on any time you're in a society that, that's lost its freedom. Or maybe even lost its way. Ideology is a specious way of relating to the world. It offers human beings the illusion of identity, of dignity and of morality, while making it easier for them to part with them. As a, retar- as a repository of something super spiritual and objective, it enables people to deceive their conscience and conceal their true position and their inglorious motives for vending, both from the world and from themselves. It is very pragmatic, but at the same time, an apparent dignified legitimacy which is above, below, and on either side. It is directed towards people and toward God." It's a real powerful piece of work and, and definitely uh, the kind of work you you want to read, uh, especially if you're in a society like that. I mean, it's not a um, um, a coincidence that uh, possession of the power of the powerless while in your hands or in your house in China will mean a jail sentence. That's how serious that work is. That's how you know when a writing is, is incredibly important. When, when someone's willing to put you in jail for it. Yeah, thanks. All right. Let's go on to... Uh, and I'm going to mention a few others. Uh, I don't always have quotes from everybody. But um, uh, uh, Miguel DeSantes, he's the one that wrote Don Quixote. remember about the tilt in the windmills. He was put in jail. I think he was put in jail for debts. He owed debts, so he was a debtor. You put in jail for that. Um, uh, the De, uh, De Profundis by Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde was put in jail because he was gay and got caught in a gay act with apparently somebody's powerful son. Oops. But uh, that 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 is one of the pieces he wrote while he was in jail. Uh, Jean Genet wrote Our Lady of the Flowers while in jail. All right. Let's see what else we got over here. Okay. yeah. All right. Uh, Nelson Mandela Uh, just a little bit about him Uh, not to tear down anybody's idol or make anything worse than it is but we can't learn anything about anybody unless we know the truth about things when we live on fantasies and fairy tales that's how we remove ourselves from the reality of things now Nelson Mandela is one of the very few political activists in the history of mankind that was actually arrested for something that he really did do he did murder policemen he didn't murder him in self-defense. No, he went to the police station, shot and killed them. He murdered policemen. Whether they were part of the political protest back then or the fact that he was very mad because policemen over there would literally shoot into crowds of, of political protesters and kill people on a regular basis, which is the reason why he did that, You know, out of the fury of that sort of thing happening. But he was convicted of, of an actual uh, civilian crime um, you can call it political, and, and nothing wrong with doing so, but nevertheless, he did murder somebody, I think murdered more than two, actually, and went to jail for it. He had converted into a more nonviolent person while in jail, and revisited many of his, uh, his angers and his beliefs and, and the things that he did want from society. Okay, He uh, put together a book in jail that later got published when he got out of jail called Conversation with Myself. And I, I find this particular passage of that book very interesting because I think you can tell that he's realizing some of the things he did and some of the things he needed to change himself if he wants to be the leader that he, he did want to be and, and wind up becoming. There was once a sermon about a man whose house was haunted by evil spirits. He did everything to drive them out, but he failed. Then he decided to leave his crawl that's a Swahili word for a rural settlement of and Houses. Packed all his things on a wagon and started driving away to settle somewhere else. Along the way, he met a friend. And the friend asked, where are you going? Before he answered, a voice came out of the wagon. We are trekking. We are leaving the crawl. It was one of the evil spirits. He thought he was leaving them behind. He actually had them come along. And he says, the moral was, don't run away from your problems. Face them. Because if you don't deal with them, they will always be with you. Deal with a problem which arises. Face it courageously. That was the moral. I never forgot that, you see. And I accepted that if you have a problem, you must face it and not gloss over it. For example, you know in politics there's very sensitive issues and people normally don't want an unpopular approach. If people say we must go on action, very few people will say we have got the resources Have we made sufficient preparations? Are we in a position to undertake this action? Some people like to give an impression of being militant and therefore not to face the problems, especially if they're going to be the type of problems that are going to make you unpopular. Success in politics demands that you must take your people into confidence about your views and state them very clearly, very politely, very calmly, but nevertheless state them openly. So I think you can tell that you know, he had an evolution of his thought and the way he wanted to approach things. Uh, which I guess is not hard to happen when you're in jail for twenty five years. So that's that's literally why he was in jail for for that long. All right. All right. I really um I really wanted to bring about this because I thought it, it, it's a good sort of balance counterbalance to uh the writings during wartime. And, of course, like I mentioned on that show, you know, I mentioned on this show, it's easy to to, to put in a thousand different pieces of of writing and, and writers and etc. Uh, does this mean that these are all the people ever? Uh, no. Um, there is a, a Chinese writer who died uh, not too long ago, Lu Zibao, from, from China, that was writing about some of the horrible things that was happening in China, and they put him in jail for years, and he eventually died of cancer in jail. We don't really have any of his writings out yet because that stuff's been banned. But I'm sure we will one day, and he'll be one of the heroes of the future revolution of uh, of of China. It's not here yet, but it'll be here eventually because you can't continue the way that Chinese are going before somebody in, in that society is going to lead some kind of serious revolt. So I, I honestly think that you know their days, you know, uh, are going to be coming to an end in the, in the next ten to fifteen years. They really can't continue to go the to, The direction they're going. But. You can see. Like anything that a policeman. Or a politician or a state will do. If they're putting a writer. In jail. For his writing. Well. What does this mean? It means that men with guns. Are afraid of poems. Men with torture devices. Are terrified of a play you know religious figures are are are, are scared because some guys talking about kinky sex with a girl and a leather whip i'm not saying these are the most wonderful things in life but again if you're so confident and you're full of faith in your in your in your religion it shouldn't be a threat you know you ought to be laughing at the person hey go do your weird stuff when you get devoured... Uh, of your soul, maybe you know where you can come back over here and we can show you some other way to live. Because that's not the only way to live. To me, that's confidence in your faith, not putting some guy in jail. And of course, it's not the same thing for when you're a communist dictator or fascist weirdo. I I guess words of freedom would be dangerous. I don't know how you defend that. Yeah, come on over here, you can only say things that I can approve of. Yeah, that's not exactly a great sell, is it? But it just shows you as writers how your writing. is not only important to change people's minds and to change people's souls. You might change their path in life. And that makes you dangerous. And that means that people like that, they'll be coming from you. Yep, that's because you wrote a poem. In fact, they will come for you who wrote a poem more than they'll come from the rebel with a gun. Because, you know, the rebel with a gun... He's only as dangerous as how many bullets he has left. How many soldiers on the on the bad side can he kill? Five, ten, twenty—big deal. Not compared to the poem of freedom that could change the minds of thousands. That's why they'll come for the poet before they'll come for the rebel soldier. All right, they'll come for the playwright. All right, before they're going to come for the for the sexual deviant. Well, uh, as they call the sexual deviant anyway. That this shows you the power of writing. I mean, Václav Havel could have called the power of the powerless the power of of writers if he wanted to, and it still would have fit the, you know, the title of what he was trying to talk about because there is power, and it's not just uh, the power of your cl- clever arrangement of words. It's the power of the spirit of what you're trying to say. It's the power of the force of of your thoughts. It's the power of the morality of what you have to talk about that puts people who don't want freedom who don't want people to speak their mind to do so as long as you can do that that makes you uh, an important writer i'm sorry to say that in later 21st century america we we, we now have a society where you, you, you can't even get half a truth from the media any longer So in many instances, you're going to get more from the writer than you're going to get from some news person because they're reading a script from some narrative that they all seem to agree upon. And if you don't want to agree with me on this, how about you do me a favor? Listen to three or four networks. Listen to how they talk about a story. Listen to how they almost quote the same phrases. Does that sound to you like freedom? (laughs) Does that sound like they've invested anything in thought? You could probably do a better job with your poem than the newscaster can. Because at least you have a narrative that's going to be slightly different. It may even be more different than what they're doing. But that's the kind of society we're living in right now. And it's becoming dangerous that way. It's only a matter of time for in America they'll be be putting writers in jail. Why are you in jail for? Well, I don't know. I disagreed with NBC. I mean, that's, that's how it's going to get here. So keep that in mind. You don't remain I, I, fe- I feel free unless you speak your mind. And you can't speak your mind if you're just copying what some idiot newscaster wrote uh, who, who just spoke on a radio or on a TV show because I guarantee that's not his words or her words. Somebody else there in the booth wrote that. Be yourself. Write what you know to be true. Yeah, it might make you dangerous. Yeah, you might go to jail. But... We're living in days right now where you need to decide, you want to be a writer or you just want to slap people in the back? Hmm? You want to be a writer or you just want to say yes all day on Facebook? You want to be a writer or you just want to quote some pithy little thing on Twitter trying to be clever? Guess what? We're in days right now where you're either going to be a writer or you're going to be clever. It's going to be hard to be both. Try to keep that in mind, folks. All right, folks, until next time, I want to thank you very much for joining us here and, of course, for supporting the show. Really appreciate people uh, following the show, and that's increasing, and I I, I really thank you for taking that on. All right, until next time, folks, God bless. This is Strength to Be Human. That was Episode 168, Writing During Political Imprisonment. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.